What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to the 97th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Crumb Tribute to General Flynn episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View. As we approach episode 100 of this thing of ours, we've decided to return to our roots. So today we'll be partaking once more in the fine art of baking crumbs, that is, decoding the raw Q-drops to find meaning in QAnon poetry, all in honor of three-star Generalissimo Michael Flynn, the digital warrior's favorite big guy. In fact, inspired by the General's latest op-ed, Jake has concocted a massive story about Flynn's transition into religious extremism and the effects this might be having on his large, adventuring adult son, Florida. But before all that, QAnon Baking. So before we get into the QAnon news, uh, I'd like to check in on the state of the QAnon conspiracy theory. That thing we cover. Woo! That thing we cover. People have pointed out that, that we haven't read a Q-drop in a while. That's right. And uh, frankly, the biggest complaint I get from QAnon followers is that I don't cover the Q-drops themselves. That and you're a, a bad rat. You should go for the pellet when it is dispensed. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that you should time your clock to Q. You should receive alerts on your phone. Forget your child. Forget your life. Recently, I don't cover the Q-drop so much is that, honestly, a lot of them recently have been really lame. For example, a recent Q-drop was just the Blue Lives Matter flag. Like... (laughs) I could get that yeah. on like your your, your your aunt's Facebook group. So anywhere, this is not yeah, that you great. could. It's, Listen, it's not special. It's not worth uh, decoding, really. We who have traveled through the valley of Q, posting the YouTube video of just an American flag flapping in the wind, yeah, uh, know that the Blue Lives Matter flag is actually premium content. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to correct that, uh, I'd like to cover a cryptic Q drop and then uh, try to uh, decode it with the help of the some of the more popular Q non decoders. So this Q drop is drop 4414 and was posted on 8 Kuhn on June the 4th. Whoa. Mm, already we're, we're baking. So this particular Q drop, it hints at some very dramatic happenings, but it's, it's very strange and it's hard to decipher. EAM loyalists. Red 1. POTUS Twitter removal. Red 2. Central communications blackout. Continental US. Red 3. Class movement. Pelosi or Pence. Red 4, movement of mill assets. 10th Mountain underscore 1st Marine underscore CPSD underscore Marine underscore QVIR to central locations under guise of citizens riot control. Red 5, NatMill Comsend. Red 6, SecOfDef underscore Instruct 1, USSS. <laughs> Castle underscore Rock. Q. There, are, there are some conflicting sort of decodes in, in uh, trying to make sense of what oh, this, yes. this says. Let's let's start with uh, the, the that first line. It says E A M loyalist. E A M loyalist. Now, some QAnon followers believe that the E A M actually means emergency action message. So this is apparently kind of message that is used uh, to direct nuclear weapon strikes in the in the military. So uh, that excited one QAnon follower named John O'Sullivan on Twitter, who wrote this. The emergency action message referred to in Q4414 is a pre-formatted message that directs nuclear-capable forces to execute specific major attack options or limited attack options in a nuclear war. This is as big as it gets. Something huge is happening right now. Nice. 
others thought that the phrase EAM loyal simply addressed uh, people who remain loyal to the Constitution in a more general way. Here's one decode offered by a non on 8 Kuhn. They said that EAM loyalists meant those that are still loyal to the Constitution. And the next line, a red one POTUS Twitter removal means that they're going to take down his, means Trump's comms, his communication uh -huh. systems. Red two, wow. the central communication blackout, that is apparently self-explanatory, he says. <laughs> this is non That's what I'm saying, though. It goes on. Uh, it says that the, the from the Q drop that says red three class movement Pelosi or Pence means that either the vice president or the speaker of the house are going to be hidden for some reason. The next line, red four, the movement of mill assets to central locations under guise of citizen right control means there's going to be some sort of quick response for the Marines to prepare. The next line, Nat Mill Com Send. This refers to the National Military Command Center, which is basically uh, the, the, the organization in charge of military comms. They've helpfully provided the Wikipedia the Wiki link. Yeah, Wikipedia link. Mm -hmm. The next line, Sec of Death Instruct 1, means that the Secretary of Defense is going to relay the orders, supposedly. I don't know, for the nuclear strike. This isn't very helpful, I gotta say. But yeah. This was highly recommended. Uh, oh yeah, highly recommended by by the anons on, yeah, on okay. Twitter. So this is this is this is, they, this guy decoded yeah. it. And the next line, USSS, is obviously refers to the Secret Service. And the line Castle Rock, Castle underscore Rock, is supposed to refer to a lockdown of the White House. Nice. So this is what this anon says. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this movie. I, yeah, as I gotta say, not not very helpful. No. So. Other QAnon followers speculated that EAM loyalists, that line, actually didn't refer to emergency action message at all. Instead, they speculated that it referred to a resistance movement that was organized by Greek <laughs> communists from 1941 to 1945. Uh. Apparently in English, this resistance movement was called the National Liberation Front, but in Greek, the initials of, the, of that name come out to EAM. Here's one tweet from someone who promoted that theory from a QAnon follower named I Voted T. Q post 4414 EAM loyalists. As discovered by at in the matrix, QAnon is referring to a hybrid communist political organization in Greece around the early 1940s, more commonly known in English as the National Liberation Front. Do you see the resemblance to Antifa's flag? No. I, no, 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 there's, no, there's not a resemblance. There's none. Also, again, this this was a, the, basically, the, these are people who resisted the uh, Nazi occupation of, right. of Greece. They're, they're fighting against it. But historically, you think they're kind of the good guys. They're fighting the Axis mm. powers. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, man, you sounds like you're trying to rewrite history. I don't think this bake is in the right direction. No, no, but this this guy, but in the Matrix, very high up guy, apparently mm -hmm. promoting this Come theory. Come on, Jeff, what's he doing? Very I don't high know. up guy. In the Matrix is like the content equivalent of a fucking tourist shop, like selling you tchotchkes. <laughs> Not a very high level. Right. Even within the community, he shouldn't be respected by anyone with half a brain. But the real glitterati knows he's a buffoon. I gotta say, well, yeah, I'm not sure why Q would be addressing a resistance movement that existed for a few years in the 40s. It doesn't seem like it would be yeah. within Q's MO. And uh, still others, they observe that the that EAM happens to be the first three initials of the name of the Queen of England, which are Elizabeth <laughs> Alexandra Mary. Yeah, so that's better. Loyalists. So, so they thought that Q was pros yeah. uh, addressing people who are loyal to the Queen of England for some reason. Royalists. Loyalists. No, but I'm saying that this. that makes them royalists. Royalists. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So this is possible. So possibly Greek resistance movement 
yeah. possibly some sort of um, the people who are loyal to the Constitution, possibly uh, p- uh, some sort of messaging system. I- so. Imagine having a boss in the CIA and like this is the report you bring them on something. <laughs> They'd be like, OK, so the rocket was either going in or out. Uh, did you try turning the picture upside down? Like, OK. <laughs> Um, so you have no specific data about this thing. I'm, I'm pretty much better off just not listening to you and going straight to the actual data itself. Okay, great. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Get the fuck out of my office. Yes. So what about all those lines that started with the word red, red one, one, two? One QAnon follower on Twitter named Three Days, Three Nights speculated that in this post, Q was actually uh, not predicting what was going to happen, but rather drawing red lines that the deep state should never cross. I now believe Q4414 was drawing a red line in the sand to them in the kill brackets. It makes sense. If Trump is going to use Twitter to say, the storm is upon us, it wouldn't do any good if they take Twitter down. I presume if they cross a red line, it means death by execution rather than jail. Right, presume. Now, what about that last line that just said uh, castle underscore rock? So there's obviously a lot of disagreement on what that meant, too. Uh, Here's what Praying Medic said about that line. Castle is sometimes used by Q to indicate the White House. Castle underscore rock might suggest the defenses of the White House are being hardened in preparation for an attempted siege. I think this makes sense. I mean, the previous line was USSS and claimed the Secret Service and then Castle Rock. So so this is meaning that uh, that the, the White Hats are securing the uh, the White House for a, a possible attack from the deep state or Antifa or something. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that is what they were doing. They did create a bunch of barriers and stuff. Yeah, yeah let's find. I mean, is this did this happen after that, or or did this happen before? Yes, ap- that happened June first. So this Q drop was posted days after this event. Okay, oh, okay. So okay. Massive... so the Q is just telling you about what so, already had happened. Yeah. Yeah. Looking not, glass, not necessarily predicting. I'm the predicting future. the future, even though it looks like I'm predicting the past. <laughs> Looking glass, look it up. Uh, still, others believe that Castle Rock referred to the Cheyenne Underground Complex, a defense underground military bunker in Colorado. So this this is real. The QAnon follower Bruno Barking thought that actually the underscore placed between the words castle and rock was actually a clue that this was the case. Are we sure Bruno Barking is not just a dog? I cannot say that for sure. Here's what he wrote. Castle under score rock. In my opinion, this pertains to the Cheyenne Mountain underground complex. It's being used as a protection from cabal nuke assets that may be used against us in the coup attempt against POTUS. So they think that the deep state will nuke us. Yeah, will nuke us, but, Mm -hmm. but Trump will be in the underground bunker and he'll be safe. Still others believe that Castle Rock referred to Mount Rushmore. That particular decode was really popular with the uh, JFK Jr. Live set. So uh, so those mm. people, for some reason, they like they like the Mount Rushmore decode. secret pace. Yeah, they. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they are the it's national so treasure. They're the national. Wing, yeah. They're the national. They're the national treasure wing. Totally. According to Praying Medic in this post, uh, Q was revealing a deep state plan to engineer the George Floyd protests and use that as cover to storm the White House and physically remove President Trump from office. Uh, here's what Praying Medic explained in a YouTube interview with fellow QAnon follower Sean Morgan. The, the recent drop, I think it was Friday, the EAM loyalists, and then there was Red 1, Red 2, Red 3, Red 4, Red 5. I was, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that post. And what that, what that post was for was to, it was signaling to a couple of groups of people. It was signaling to people in the military who are loyal to the president and telling them 
this is our operational plan. If they try to do this, we're gonna do this. If they try to do this, this is gonna be our response. They do that, this is how we respond. So Q was telling the White Hats what the order of operations would be as the deep state tries to do more and more things to stop Trump. So apparently Q was just laying out their entire game plan to counter the deep state. Now, of course, the natural question arises, wouldn't exposing all of your plans give the enemy a informational advantage? You know, traditionally in war, you want to keep your plans secret. Mm. So like, why is Q revealing all of this? Well, ah, you clearly never worshipped Tzu Sun, Sun Tzu's <laughs> unknown bizarro twin who does the opposite of the stuff that's tactical. <laughs> well, <clears throat> according to Praying Medic, by exposing these plans, uh, you actually supposedly foil these evil plans. <laughs> the other thing <clears throat> that um, Q was doing was exposing the plans of the deep state. Take down Trump's Twitter account. Uh, take down communications uh, uh, in North America <laughs> and then try to possibly storm the White House and physically uh, remove Trump from office with these protests. Right. So <clears throat> Q was telling hundreds of millions of people around the world what the deep state was going to do. Once you have a covert plan that has been made public you can't use that plan. You can't put it into operation. Because if you put it into operation and somebody told all, the whole country and the whole world what you were going to do, and then they watch you do exactly what this guy told you, the public finds out that you actually planned this. And the deep state works uh, in secret. They, the, um, the riots and the protests, right? That is meant to look organic, but it was actually orchestrated and carefully planned. If someone had had uh, put out the deep state's plan to have all these riots and all these protests in all these cities, they'd have to scrap that plan and do something else. You can't risk having the public know what your plan that you you had planned this whole thing all along. <laughs> so Q, by putting out that message, effectively exposed the deep state's plan and forced them to call it off. Mm. Uh, and now they're gonna to have to come up with another plan. And Q just basically ripped out a couple of sheets of their playbook, threw it out there for the public to, to read, and then Deep State was like, okay, well, screw you, we'll come up with another plan. <laughs> when Q says something is going to happen and then it doesn't happen, that means that Q prevented it from happening by saying that it was going to happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. this guy's really pulling up a, a liquid cement truck and fucking pouring in every boomer mind. Just all the gaps are just being filled in by just shitty, cheap, liquid concrete. As his interviewer, Sean Morgan, went on to explain, sometimes Q drops make no sense to us because they're not meant for us. That's important for people to know <clears throat> that Q's posts are not just for our not just pleasure. It's not just for the anons. It's not just for the general public. There are like military go codes in there. Yep. And there are things that we don't understand what certain words uh, are coded to mean. And there are file names of images that might have a whole bunch of different meanings. And there are one year yep. deltas and all kinds of deltas that we, we might not be aware of that have relevance that are kind of being activated every day. 
I love that. There's like, it's like you, they're just assured that there are just layers and layers of meaning that you, yeah. that you in your position can't possibly access, but you but rest assured it is there. For those who've joined us uh, maybe a little later, would you like to explain this deltas thing? Yes. They have this concept in QAnon called future proves past. And, and they believe that Q drops, for example, a year ago might reveal something that's going on today. And they call a single one-year interval a one-year delta. So they'll look at Q drops from like one year ago or two years ago and and claim that, well, that particular event didn't happen as Q predicted it, but it was meant to be a two-year delta and uh, actually predicting what's going on right now. Nice. So, they're so just, it's the snooze button, basically. Yes, yeah, right. Incredibly dense layers of meaning yeah. that our mortal minds without access to Project Looking Glass yeah. cannot possibly comprehend. It's like when you're a kid and you're looking at the front door and you're like, I think mom's going to come home now. Now. And then you're like 18 now is it? And she comes in, you're like, I'm a fucking psychic. psychic. <laughs> yeah. 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 I still do that with the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's but, life Jake's life and interactions with almost all physical objects are very similar to someone just looking at a screensaver from the 90s with like a flying toast. <laughs> it's like a lot of it's a, it's a maybe yeah, digital aquarium of sorts. Later in that same interview, Praying Medic went on to explain why people were mad at Trump on Twitter. It wasn't because that they have any legitimate grievances about the performance of his administration, but rather because these people are under the influence of demons. Our battle is not against humans. Our battle is against <laughs> the orcs, the demons, and the angels who are controlling world systems, controlling um, academia, Hollywood, corporate life, political realms. Right? There are fallen angels that exert influence over aspects of society, and there are demons that exert influence over humans, right? Now, when you see some person on social media you know, cursing, swearing, screaming, ranting, and raving at President Trump, that person is under demonic influence, right? You shouldn't actually be going and attacking them. You should be praying for them to be set yeah. free of the demonic Good influence point, because they're under the influence of, of a demon. Right? And if they were to get set free, emotionally healed, and set free of that demonic influence, it would be a normal, rational person. If QAnon was like a tabletop RPG, it would be called Spycraft and Satanism. Because this, mm -hmm. um, this is basically what gets people worked up. Those just, that combination of those two just activates something in people's brains. Tellingly, in that interview, he also downplayed the importance of the long-promised arrests. Hey, I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this. Some people are in this just for the arrests. That's all they want. They just want to see people arrested. Vengeance. And to those people, I would say, you know, you're entitled to whatever you want. You can be in this for whatever you want. It's your motives. I think it's absolutely the wrong reason to be in this. Um, and I've, I've done a lot of thinking about the whole, you know, why are we actually doing this? What's the purpose of this movement? It's, and from my perspective, it's not about arrests. It isn't. Uh, we thought it was, initially, people who got on board with Q in the first six months, we were anticipating there was going to be a bunch of people arrested relatively quickly, and that didn't happen. And Q was dropping clues along the way that this was kind of indicating that this is going to be a much longer operation, a much more involved operation, <laughs> not just 
the takedown of some corrupt people in Saudi Arabia uh-huh. and then the arrest of some politicians in the U.S. It's much bigger than that. You know what it sounds like? It, Son of a it sounds bitch. like the war in Iraq. It was going to be a two-week thing. Uh, the arrests were going to come. And uh, why are we still here three years, four well, years? no one said it was going to be uh, easy. You know, they, 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 yeah, wow. But this is the, this is the I mean, the, they have to make this pivot. Yeah, they have to be like all well. The arrest. This, this is about a long term thing. This that is about keeps a long coming coming back to me year after year after year. Yeah, and it's about your self cleansing and the whole yeah cleansing yourself of the demonic energy and the yeah. deep state is more of a figurative thing now. And, and I mean, this the, is all just like help stuff builds it's, in. It's, it's just more snooze button stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like snooze. date delay, snooze, snooze. You have different ways of saying it. Yeah. So with all that background, what do we think about uh, Q post 4414? I'm going to go with the interpretation that uh, Q was sending a warning to people who were loyal to Queen Elizabeth that they had better not cross the red line of taking Trump off of Twitter or else they are going to secure Mount Rushmore with the Secret Service and imprison them, imprison them inside of Mount Rushmore. This Mm -hmm. This is the threat. Do, yeah, we, do I, we have to pick from the Q ones, or you don't have no, your own no, minds? Pick, you no, don't have your pick, own analytical no, minds? No, no, no. I'm using them as a guide, but please tell me what, okay. what you, how you would bake these crumbs. Okay, so for me, this is actually the surge of red America. Oh. So here we have a communist threat and the different stages of that communist threat as it takes power. So he's, he's telling you all these red, these stages of the red invasion um, should alarm you. That's it. That's Absolutely good. pilled, Julian. Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> QAnon News. First up, I have uh, House Republican leaders try to sink the campaign of QAnon candidate. So uh, I wanted to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene, the uh, QAnon promoting congressional candidate who is favored to win the election in Georgia's 14th district. This is super fascinating to me because I've wondered for years what Republican leadership might do to confront the rise of QAnon, especially a major candidate. So I get to see, I guess, and it has, it's been um, different than I expected. Just this past week, uh, Republican leaders in Congress, actually, they did denounce Marjorie Taylor Greene. However, they didn't do it because of her QAnon beliefs. Instead, they did it because of a series of Facebook videos revealed by Politico that show her making a series of Islamophobic, racist, and anti-Semitic remarks. For example, in one video, uh, Green decries the election of Congress member Ilhan Omar because she claims that it represents an Islamic invasion. She also unsurprisingly goes into George Soros conspiracy theories. Classic anti-Semitic tropes and uh, bigotry, Islamophobia. It's bad, but it's like, it's, it also seems like it's um, par for the course, I have to say. Yeah. It's not any worse than stuff the president does and you know has said in the past which they have either stayed silent on or out and out defended so i'm, I'm curious why they yeah she can't be worse than fucking steve king and gorka fucking talks about soros on his radio show all the time yeah they love this shit here's part of what's confusing me so when the washington post reached out to republican leadership for comment about her QAnon beliefs they didn't respond but when politico reached out for comment about her bigoted remarks they suddenly had a whole lot to say drew florio a spokesman for the republican house minority leader kevin mccarthy said this These comments are appalling, and Leader McCarthy has no tolerance for them. House Minority Whip Stephen Scalise also issued a statement denouncing Green and supporting her opponent in the Republican runoff election, which will be held on uh, August 11th. Here's what Scalise said. The comments made by Miss Green are disgusting and don't reflect the values of equality and decency that make our country great. I will be supporting Dr. Cowan. 
The uh, spokesperson for the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, Tom Emmer, also made a statement saying that he is, quote, personally disgusted by this rhetoric and condemns it in the strongest possible terms. That statement, by the way, that he issued doesn't quite jive with the statement that the NRCC gave to the Washington Post the previous week, because earlier the NRCC essentially said that they don't get involved in primaries and they have no interest in races in solidly Republican district. That means that there was like a war room on the Republican side talking about, amongst others, QAnon, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. And being like, well, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on her like overtly racist and bigoted stuff, which is not going to win them any yeah. supporters in the people who voted for her because they're voting for her they're voting due to for her QAnon. ads. Look at her ads. They're pretty clear. Yeah. She's shooting signs of stuff she doesn't like. People agree with her. End of story. Yeah. I, this, this is what baffles me. It's like no one in the story wants to talk about QAnon. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene hasn't addressed her QAnon beliefs. All the Republican leadership in denouncing her doesn't say, oh, she believes this batshit theory about a secret spy on 8-Kun. Instead, they yeah. say, oh, the Soros stuff beyond the pale. What? Well, because conservative thought is now just a ring of conspiracy theories. They can like shed the most like outward one and just go one ring inward and be like, actually, I, I wonder I'm also- standing here on a moral high ground. I wonder also- and this is just speculation, obviously, but if they've got internal numbers of of Q of how many people are pilled on QAnon, and it's yeah. much bigger than we know, yeah, and they realize that if they if they kind of like condemn QAnon outright, yeah. that it uh, that it alienates a huge portion of their base. That means that they're that means they're either completely terrified of QAnon, or it's real. <laughs> sure, those are the only sure. two options. Yeah, yeah. correct. A uh, spokesperson for Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, in responding to Politico wrote this about the story. Thanks for the reminder about Soros. We forgot to put him in our newest ad. We're fixing that now. <laughs> Would you like me to send you a copy? Yeah, oh, wow. Great. What an epic little idiot. shit. Wow. Yeah. Both fists up, man. Just yeah. fucking swinging. Yeah. It just it, trolling as a campaign tactic. Amazing. Oh, wow. But obviously, uh, I feel like, yeah, her, her tactic obviously is here is uh, never, ever apologize for anything ever, never self-reflect, yeah. yeah. never respond to accusations, just attack, 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 yeah. attack. Yep. She learned from the she learned from her God. <laughs> That's right. Donald. Unsurprisingly, Marjorie Taylor Greene has framed the attacks against her as just more of the uh, D.C. swamp taking wanting to take her down, which is, I mean, I yeah. almost like I don't want to get too paranoid, but I almost feel feel like like they have to know that these attacks aren't going to be very effective, right? I would yeah. assume. You think they're trying to? Like, is it just all theater or something? Who knows? Uh, uh, that's a that's a a good question that I I also ask. I guess we'd have to look into like who uh, is up for election, who they're going to have to appeal to when they're up for that re-election, and whether these statements uh, have allowed people to kind of step away uh, from the issue in the, in the eyes of their voters. So here is what uh, that statement about the story said. The fake news media, the DC swamp, and their radical leftist allies see me as a very serious threat. I will not let them whip me into submission. And the voters of Northwest Georgia will not let the DC swamp and the fake news media tell them who to vote for. I whipped John Cowan two to one last week, winning 11 out of 12 counties, and won all 12 counties on election day where I received 47% of the vote. And I will beat him again on August 11th by an even bigger margin because Northwest Georgia voters want a fighter who will stand up for what we believe. And it's obvious that person is not John Cowan. John Cowan is too weak, too timid, and too afraid to fight for us. It's obvious he'll be just another member of the DC swamp that needs draining, not filling. 
Northwest Georgians want a strong fighter to save America and stop socialism. That's a concept that's totally alien to people like John Cowan and his allies in the DC swamp, who've been running the country into the ground for years. Sharia law and radical Islamic terrorism are a real threat to our nation, and it's time our leaders in Congress take it seriously rather than trying to be politically correct. The result of the GOP establishment's refusal to support President Trump's America First agenda was handing over the House to Nancy Pelosi. Every Republican, every Christian conservative is going to be called a racist and a bigot by the fake news media, as have Steve Scalise and Liz Cheney. I'm sorry my future colleagues are unable to stand up to the pressure and fight back. I'm sick and tired of watching establishment Republicans play defense while the fake news media cheers on Antifa terrorists, BLM rioters, and the woke cancel culture as they burn our cities, loot our businesses, vandalize our memorials, and divide our nation. The Republican Party can't afford more Mitt Romney-style Republicans who are more interested in being liked by the fake news media than they do about standing up for America. No one intimidates me, not the Democrats, not George Soros, not the fake news media, and not the DC swamp. Man, people are going to be fucking praying for Donald Trump after this bitch becomes president. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, she's yeah. she's going to Mm -hmm. She's going to become president. Yeah. She's going to nationalize the Jewish population. She'll be. Yeah. She'll do <laughs> like like Trump will be fascism light compared to what this woman will do yeah. if, if she gets into like uh, substantial power. This is what baffles me about this episode. I think that like by all appearances, at least Republican leadership knows that green is a wild card. It'll be difficult to control, especially they'll, they'll say embarrassing things and stuff that they don't want to have to answer for. And then they think that John Cowan is perhaps uh, is as conservative as they like, but without, you know, but he'll still toe the line. He won't be an embarrassment. So I, I genuinely think they prefer Cowan over Green, but I'm baffled by the strategy of trying to accuse her of things that um, that aren't going to resonate with the electorate and then also not bringing up QAnon. Like, why not give it a shot if you really want to sink her campaign? No, no. The only way her campaign could have gotten stronger is if the GOP top brass tried to come down on her. It fortifies her narrative as an outsider, a yeah. GOP person who will finally deliver after the many GOP people who haven't delivered for this population. So she knows what she's doing. You know, she's she's playing this kind of rhino, Republican and name only thing. And, right. and she knows that, that that works. For my next story, the pandemic leads to the rapid growth of QAnon in Germany. Terrible, terrible. No, this is bad news. Very bad news. So this is based on a report by Carol Schaefer for the publication Coda. Apparently there, there's been a really huge growth of QAnon uh, in Germany. To cite just one example, let's take a look at the German YouTube channel Global Change, which is global change but with a Q. Nice. Analysis from Social Blade shows that that YouTube channel normally grows by one to 2,000 subscribers a month. However, it gained 20,000 new subscribers in March and uh, 30,000 new subscribers in April. Oh, fuck. Just people, same thing as as, in, as here. People were all indoors. They were bored. They were watching a lot more YouTube ch uh, content. They got funneled fuck. into this QAnon stuff. Wow. Oh, man. Corona was so bad. It's, it, it killed people literally and their brains. Mm -hmm. Just like in the U.S., uh, extremist groups in Germany are grafting QAnon ideas onto their existing ideologies. For example, in Germany, there is a far-right movement known as the Reichsburger Bewegung. These are kind of like the uh, the German sovereign citizens. Oh no, that's yeah. why. Yeah. See, sovereign citizen. If you just add German before it, it just <laughs> it tends to unsettle. Yeah, it, it should. 
So these are people who believe that the German state that existed from 1871 to 1945 continues to exist with the pre-World War II borders. That's the real state. And then as a consequence, they reject the legitimacy of the current German government. Oh, this is compatible with QAnon for sure. Another great inversion of reality. Yeah. They, they even believe that the United States is apparently a, an, actually an occupying power that covertly controls Germany. Nice. They're still paranoid from the Berlin years. And apparently, this movement in uh, recent months has begun to uh, heavily borrow from QAnon. Uh, they also praise Trump as a welcome ally and have even shifted their position on the U.S. military presence on German soil. <laughs> this, is, this is a bad occupation under Obama. Wait, now it's a good occupation. Something has changed. According to the German extremism researcher Jan Rathji, uh, here's how members of this movement reacted to recent events. Before Trump's presidency, the USA was perceived by right-wing extremists and sovereigntists as a secret occupying power over the German people. This represented a traditional narrative of these milieus since the end of the Third Reich. Apparently, this has changed since the corona crisis. What was previously demonized is now idolized as support for the overthrow of the Merkel regime, U.S. troops on German soil. Nice. So they, they think the military yeah, is going Trump to do is a gonna help them coup overthrow against Merkel. Angela. Mm. Angela, famed uh, Antifa member. They like that that Angela Merkel is, is Hitler's daughter drop. German QAnon followers have also been seen protesting. Since uh, mid-March, left and right-wing protesters have appeared every week outside of a Berlin theater called the Volksbühne. Demonstrators can often be seen carrying placards about Bill Gates and QAnon. So nice. this is, uh, this is yeah, this is international. Uh, God, it's, uh, again, this is one of those things like we have no idea just how much damage the pandemic has done is continuing to do to society. It's definitely a marker, a marker in time. For my next story, QAnon account in part sparks a panic over a fake threat that Antifa was going to blow up the Alamo. Oh my God, yes. This combines a lot of stuff they like. The last stand at the Alamo. So on the evening of Saturday, June 13th, dozens of Texas law enforcement officers appeared in front of the Alamo in San Antonio. They were there to fend off Antifa, who supposedly threatened to destroy the historically significant Spanish mission. To justify this uh, response from law enforcement, uh, George P. Bush, the Texas land commissioner and son of Jeb Bush, posted this message on Twitter about the threat. The Alamo is the shrine of Texas liberty, and it will be defended. My office is closely watching the social media posts and rumors from protesters who are threatening to come to the Alamo. Rest assured, we have already deployed for several weeks and will continue to do so. The Alamo Rangers, in partnership with SAPD, the Department of Public Safety, and the National Guard, to protect this sacred site. My message to the protesters is simple. Don't mess with the Alamo. Pure idiotic Texan From another posturing. fucking George P. Bush. I'll bet the P is for Prescott. All these assholes just name each other after each other and just fucking put, get land commissioner. We should throw them into like a giant <laughs> ship-sized gallon hat and <laughs> just fucking float them out into the ocean, man. <laughs> Goodbye. In response to the Antifa threat, Texas Congressman Chip Roy volunteered to help defend the Alamo himself. Amen. I'll go stand on the wall with you, George. Attacking the Alamo is truly... <laughs> Non-negotiable. We're going we're, we're to move forward and focus on restoring jobs, preserving order, and protecting liberty for all people of all races. The Alamo is a deal breaker. This relationship's not going to work out unless you don't want it taken over by Antifa. 
George P. Bush also appeared on the Fox News morning show Fox and Friends to explain why a show of force from law enforcement was necessary to protect the Alamo. George, uh, thanks for joining us. When did you realize that the Alamo could be targeted? What have you seen so far? Well, in the days following the George Floyd protests, the epicenter of the protests in San Antonio came very close to the grounds of the Alamo. We had very strong police presence, our Alamo Rangers in partnership with the National Guard, and things were were fairly peaceful um, thereafter. However, earlier in the week, we had graffiti deface the cenotaph with um, obscene language. And then on Saturday night, we had an elevated threat from Antifa, among other um, groups that seek to take down many of these statutes and monuments that we've seen throughout the country. So we responded in kind with the show of force to send a very clear message that you don't mess with Texas and you don't mess with the Alamo. So an elevated threat from Antifa. So basically it's news that the right wing got afraid again. They pooped <laughs> yeah. their little pants again. They got scare wood and then they don't have any evidence. Let me guess. No evidence. Well, yeah, it does sound pretty serious. <laughs> I got to ask, where did they get the intel that led them to believe that the Alamo was at risk of an imminent attack? Uh, Daily Beast reporter Will Sommer actually attempted to answer that question by reaching out to the office of George P. Bush. So uh, did Texas perhaps intercept some Antifa telegram chats uh, discussing how they were going to take down the structure? Or maybe they do they have a like confidential informant that's uh, embedded with Antifa groups? No, I'm afraid that's not the case. Uh, instead, <laughs> the office of George P. Bush sent over several tweets. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Bernie bros are back. So some of these tweets were posted on June 14th and therefore could not have possibly been used as a basis for a threat assessment of a possible attack on June 13th. Wow. They really mess up some basic stuff every time. Other tweets offered by Bush's office had no engagement at all. No likes, no retweets, such as this tweet from a Twitter user with approximately 300 followers. I just want to get drunk and go burn down the Alamo with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes it sounds like what they did was that they basically they did a google search for oh, yeah. bird alamo yeah and then sent all of those yeah. after after, after yeah. the fact when was, will summer yeah. asked them yeah good job will by the way dude you do god's work uh perhaps most outrageous of all bush's office referenced a tweet from a QAnon follower which said this i was told by a friend cop that they have intel the rioters <laughs> plan to burn down the alamo to oh. I said, I said, what are you guys going to do? Surround it? He said he has no idea. Our mayor will let it get destroyed. So a, a QAnon follower says that he has a friend cop with some intel, and this is good enough. Yeah. This rules. Oh, man. Imagine the Alamo 2 when we defended it from BLM protesters. <laughs> the whole Antifa threat is like a it's like a gang stalking thing, but it's being enabled yeah. by politicians. Totally. Where it's like like there's they're just gangs just surveilling you and watching you may attack strike at any moment and be afraid of them. And we're going to be on Fox News to talk about how we're guarding you from this threat. That's right. For my next story, Eric Trump posts and then quickly deletes a QAnon post on Instagram. Ahead of the Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Eric Trump uh, went to Instagram and he, he posted a clear, obvious QAnon image. So the post contains uh, the text, who's ready for the Trump rally tonight in front of an American flag image. But it also contains a very large and obvious Q in the center and the hashtag WWG1WGA. So, yeah, but he posts fast. I feel like he posted it because he liked the quote and then he saw it posted and was like, wait, there's a fucking cue there. And yeah. he might be that dumb. I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think if that would be the case, but like 
the queue is so visible. And yeah. the how long did it stay up? And the hashtag WWG1 WGA is so visual. I'm I do not buy that even quickly glancing at this photo, you do not see that there's it's it's strong queue imagery. Yeah. So it, it, it didn't it stayed up for less than an hour. So it wasn't wasn't up for very long. Yeah. But so do you think still, a team does this I mean, thing for him or if it's up for ten minutes, still, that's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. That's bad. So Despite that, uh, the QAnon community was obviously very validated by Eric Trump's posts. They should be. <laughs> no, no, they should be. <laughs> they, I mean, they, they, if, if they're looking no, for validation from the Trumps, then yes. Yes, that is, they should yeah, be. Sure. And that's what they are looking for. So, they sh- yeah, they, they But you also right. deleted it. How do you explain that? Well, uh, because oh, uh, because he yeah, can't mystery. leave it. Up. He can't let the 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 mainstream media leave it up for too long. Right. It's just a flash to let you know that they're down, and then boom, you take it away. I mean, smart it actually. Is, it's it's they could have even planned it. Yeah, it's. I think it is. I I I have trouble thinking that it was a mistake. QAnon promoter Joe M tweeted this about the incident. This is the highest direct QAnon validation yet. Trump may retweet Q followers and such, but a purposeful Instagram uploaded by the president's son should now be enough for trolls to see we are dealing with a sizable portion of his base, not a fringe group. Interesting point that Joe makes here, actually. It's not so much that Q is real, Trump's family, it's it's that we are many. we're big and, yeah, we are many enough so that he, he sent a, uh, you know, a shout out to our crew. Because yeah. we're that important. That's All right. they want is validation. Shout out. A feeling of like they're con- deeply connected to power. They want a shout out. Yeah. Florida Flynn and the quest for the Nazi gold trade. Damn it. Florida Flynn let the Xbox controller fall into his lap. He squinted at the small television screen. He was being absolutely walloped in NBA 2K. 60-3. Embarrassing. Despite literal months of practice, he was still getting worked, day in and day out, by young punks with green hair and flashy backpacks. If Flynn Jr. was being honest with himself, he hated the game. (laughs) But with the ever-present plague lingering just beyond his father's cramped one-bedroom condominium, Flynn knew he was doomed to play the basketball simulator forever. He'd moved in a little over five months ago. The place was paid for, furnished, and vacant. Florida hadn't heard from his father in months. When they had last talked, Michael Flynn Sr. had been adamant that Florida stay put as preparations were made for the impending war. His dad had been cryptic, but spoke about a secret weapon hidden deep in the mountains that would be able to turn the tides against the giants. And then he disappeared. Flynn Jr. glanced over his shoulder, In one corner of the kitchen, a large gray tarp had been thrown over the aging computer. A handful of Ethernet cables lay unplugged next to it (laughs) on the cold kitchen tile. Ba-ding, ba-ding, ba-ding. Flynn Jr. jumped about a foot out of his seat. The noise hadn't come from the computer. Flynn glanced around. He zeroed in on the television screen. Someone had sent him a message. Delete the game, it said. That jump shot is trash. The messages were pouring in, angry teammates who felt very strongly that Flynn Jr. had let them down. (laughs) He shut off the Xbox and leaned back into the couch trying to get comfortable. He scrolled through his phone, looking at Twitter, chuckling to himself. Again, he glanced over at the computer-shaped lump under the tarp. Florida bit his lip. (laughs) And then, as if compelled by an unseen force, Florida bounded over to the tarp and yanked it off, revealing an overly complicated terminal with decaying tech. There was a laptop fan propping up the keyboard and post-it notes with various passwords (laughs) scribbled on them stuck to the edges of the screen. Florida licked his lips. He glanced down at the thick, round Ethernet cable splayed out on the ground next to the command center. Kneeling down, he picked one up and plugged it into the back of the tower with a satisfying click. Flynn Jr. delicately reached around the back of the desktop and flicked on a heavy switch at the rear of the computer. 
The computer whirred to life, casting a godlike blue glow on Florida Flynn's face as he salivated in anticipation. Jesus Christ! Flynn shielded his eyes. As the desktop screen came into focus, he was assaulted by a barrage of pop-ups. He grimaced as he clicked through each of them, closing every window until he was left with a single image encompassing the smudged screen in its entirety. A blank DuckDuckGo search page. He hesitated a beat before gently placing his fingertips on the dusty keyboard and typing three words into the blank bar. General Michael Flynn. Hundreds of articles flooded the screen. <laughs> People were losing their minds over an op-ed piece that his dad had written for the Western Journal, a highly respected newspaper. Junior hovered his cursor over one of the links. Forces of evil want to steal our freedom in the dark of night, but God stands with us. Jesus, Dad, <laughs> Flynn Jr. muttered aloud. This was some out there shit even for his father. Half of it didn't even make sense. Had Dad gone Trump with the power of the dragons? How could he cut off contact for six months and then unleash this type of rant publicly for all to see? Something wasn't right. Couldn't be the wild cries of a raving lunatic. No, there had to be something more. Flynn poured over the words on the screen again and again. He began writing down a string of letters on a nearby post-it. The capitalized letters from the headline, when rearranged, seemed to provide a clue. Florida Flynn sounded it out. West, west of New Buttafug. <laughs> Flor Florida had never heard of New Buttafug. <laughs> <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Florida had never heard of New Buttafug, but he was sure that's where his father would be, waiting with the dragon. He hopped over to orbits. Now was the time to fly. Flights would be cheap. But something was wrong. Every time Flint Jr. typed new butterfuck into the desert. <laughs> so dumb. He's writing it for himself. It's a single man, single man audience. <laughs> People probably think that this is like a made up bit that we do. That you do when you melt down like this? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they probably do. But something was wrong. Every time Flynn Jr. typed new butterfuck into the destination field, an error would come up. All right, come on. Keep it together. Come on, man. Okay, all right. You can do it. Steal yourself. Uh, an error would come up. Then a light bulb went off. Flynn grabbed another post and began furiously jotting down numbers. This time, he used the letters that they correlated to numbers. One for A, two for B. A code so stupid no one would be looking for it. Precisely the type of code his father would use. <laughs> Yeah. When Flynn was finished, he had a set of coordinates laid out in front of him across five yellow post-its. 51 degrees, 6 north, 17 degrees, 17 degrees, 2 east. <laughs> <laughs> Carefully, Flynn typed the coordinates into a search bar and hit enter. Images of rusting underground tunnels, spooky passageways, along with the words, Project Risa. My god, the son of a bitch did it. Flynn grinned to himself. Ever since he had been a young boy, his father had told a tale of Nazi treasure hidden away on a train and buried inside a mountain. It was also said that alongside the train would be a weapon, a weapon so powerful even the Nazis dared not use it. If Florida Flynn had to guess, his father had found the train, and hopefully the weapon. The op-ed was a very clever way of letting him know, secretly and without alerting the deep state. Flynn Jr. returned to Orbitz.com and found the closest airport in Poland. Flights to Europe were dirt cheap at the times of Corona, and for less than the amount of money he had pumped into NBA 2K, Florida Flynn was on his way east. He 
touched down 72 hours later in Roklaw Nikolaus Copernicus Airport. His guide, a local treasure hunter named Christopher, was waiting, with Dr. Michael Flynn Jr. lightly printed on a piece of computer paper he was holding. I assume your flight was satisfactory, Florida sighed. I'm alive, aren't I? <laughs> the man laughed and began loading Florida's bags into a cart. Indeed you are. Follow me, follow me. I'm just parked in a lot across the street. He excitedly rolled the cart out through the terminal's double doors and onto the busy airport roundabout, packed with cars and pedestrians alike. The pair waited for a signal informing them that they could cross. Next to them, a youth leader with a group of Jewish students and their luggage plopped down and began to buzz excitedly amongst one another. Flynn watched as his guides seemed to become visibly sickened by the group. It was odd, but then again, Flynn thought, not everyone liked kids. They reached the parking structure where Christopher popped the trunk of a Kia Soul and began loading Florida's bags. Once finished, the two men climbed in, and Christopher started the engine. Flynn Jr. scanned the interior of the car, which was decked out in Nazi flags and engraved knives. I, I see you are admiring my treasures. We find them in our backyards. Some of them, like that knife right there, are worth more than this automobile. <laughs> he let out a rapturous belly chuckle that Florida Flynn could feel in the pit of his soul. The man's breath reeked of diarrhea. <laughs> you do realize, uh, Nazis were the bad guys, don't you? The man seemed to get a bit defensive. Please, I'm merely interested in the historical value. I assure you, anyone who supported the Nazis here has long since died or moved away. The two careened down a dusty dirt path towards a small row of blue wooden houses. Flynn was eager to get his luggage unloaded and then head down into the ruins. The small SUV came to a stop in a stone driveway. Christopher hopped out. He looked different in the sunlight, Flynn thought. For the first time, he noticed the man's head was completely shaved. <laughs> and he was wearing camouflage <laughs> pants and combat boots. <laughs> they rolled the luggage inside, and Flint Jr. was shown to his room. It was modest, but functional. Nazi helmets and medals... <laughs> Nazi helmets and medals peppered the walls and shelves. It was slightly unnerving. Flint Jr. threw on his worn leather jacket and a dusty fedora, then sprinted back to the front of the house, where Christopher stood, peering out the window at one of his neighbors, an older man sporting a colorful yarmulke on top of his head. He waved at Christopher, who politely waved back. Friend of yours? Florida smirked. The Rosens? Oh yes, lovely people. Moved in about two months ago. Beautiful family. But I am certain this man has put a curse on my garden. My crops have withered and died. Come, we are losing light. The two men drove deeper and deeper into the Polish wilderness. The Owl Mountain Range loomed over them, and the canopy of trees allowed for less and less light, plunging the pair into almost complete darkness. When they exited the Jeep, they found themselves face to face with the entrance to a large tunnel. Flynn glanced down, looking over the coordinates he had scribbled down on the now faded post-its. If these coordinates are right, the train, and hopefully my father, should be about half a mile inside this tunnel. Well, Dr. Flynn, what are you waiting for? The treasure awaits. And with that, the two men began to walk into the entrance to the tunnel until the blackness had swallowed them whole. Florida Flynn and his guide Christopher walked cautiously through the tunnels, the lights from their LED torches washing across the crumbling walls. Christopher piped up excitedly. You know, Dr. Flynn, some say that Project Risa was a cover for a far more ingenious plan. Florida Flynn rolled his eyes. Oh, yeah? And I suppose you're going to tell it to me. Christopher continued to ramble on. Yes, some say Hitler found um, a passageway. Florida Flynn cocked his head, intrigued. Passageway to where? To Nirvana. Christopher's eyes were the size of saucers. Flynn was starting to feel uncomfortable. He glanced down at his GPS reader. Wait, we're here. We should be right on top of it. The two men looked around. Nothing. Just a small, hollowed-out cavern. No trace of a train or 
even the tracks to run it on. Flynn Jr.'s face fell. He was getting pretty sick and tired of dead ends. Christopher put a hand on his shoulder. Think of it this way, man. At least you're standing inside an incredible piece of history. He leaned back and sucked in the underground bunker air as if it was the purest oxygen he'd ever inhaled. But Florida wasn't ready to give up. He began stamping his foot on the ground, listening for a hollow spot. It's gotta be somewhere. Dad wouldn't have thrown his reputation in the trash with that op-ed for nothing. Come on! Flint Jr. landed a crushing stomp on a section of the floor. Boom! It crumbled a bit. Then more rock began to break away. The whole earth began to rumble and quake. Flint staggered backwards as a large, pale arm reached through the ground. Both men looked in awe as a giant Aryan man with pale skin and fair golden hair emerged from the rock below, towering over them. Giant! Florida yelled. <laughs> he took off running towards the tunnel entrance. Christopher stood still. At first he seemed frozen in front of the giant, but his shock quickly turned into excitement. Yes, my lord! I am here to do your bidding, old one! My family has been searching for your kind for centuries! My name is... The giant slammed his large fist into Christopher's skull, causing his brain to pop out through his ears and eye sockets. <laughs> he fell to the ground, obliterated. Over his shoulder, Flint Jr. could see the giant rip the man's body in half as he gave chase. The entrance to the tunnel was getting closer and closer. Florida could nearly feel the light from the forest on his terrified face. But it was futile. The giant was gaining much too quickly. Flint Jr.'s mortal legs were no match for the effortless leaps from the giant. Flint felt himself begin to slow. His heart was racing. He could feel the giant closing in. Whoosh! A flurry of feathers rushed over him. The giant went tumbling backwards, skidding across the dirt ground. A large shadow swooped overhead. It looked like... Like... A giant eagle! And riding on top of it, waving an old bucket hat, was General Michael Flynn Sr. Junior! The eagle landed a couple meters away from Florida. He watched as his father gripped the feathers on its neck, aiming its head at the direction of the giant, who was still picking itself up off the ground. Dad, how did you? I was starting to worry you wouldn't get the message, boy. But I see you found a way to connect to the internet. Florida smiled. I did, Dad. I did. And with that, General Flynn commanded the majestic eagle to pounce, and it leaped onto the giant, digging its talons into the giant's flesh. The two beasts raged like two ancient gods locked into the battle for humanity's soul. As the giant reached back, attempting to land one final haymaker blow, the massive eagle drove its razor-sharp beak into the beast's neck. The giant fell. Tired from the struggle, General Flynn hopped off the back of the impressive bird and began gently stroking its feathers, whispering into its ear. But Dad, I, the Nazi gold train, I, I thought it would be here. Flynn Sr. looked incredulous. The train? Boy, the train hasn't been here for 50 years. A gentleman by the name of George Soroslavsky unearthed it in the 70s and disappeared soon after. Oh, sadly, the train is long gone. Florida began to notice a slight rumbling in the ground. You see, Junior, Project Risa wasn't a bunker. It was a bridge. Hitler, he made a treaty with the Giants, boy. You see, Risa was always thought to refer to the size of the complex, but no, it quite literally meant Giants. The ground began to shake far more noticeably. Florida had trouble staying on his feet. You see, Hitler wanted to start a new world where giants and Germans could live peacefully with one another. It was absolutely mad, you see. Florida looked weary. So you're saying there's more of them? Flynn Sr. nodded. 
Oh, yes, dear boy. Don't you see? This is where the war begins. The op-ed I wrote for the Distinguished Western Journal, it wasn't a treasure map, boy. It was a call to arms. A plea to the remaining Templars to join me in the final war for America's soul. Just then, a thin, bright portal opened up next to them, and a futuristic-looking hovercraft slipped through it. With a hiss of steam, it landed a couple feet away on the forest floor. One of the gull-wing doors flew open, revealing a boyish-looking man wearing a trench coat. A handful of talking animals poured out of the vehicle and brandished their weapons. Did somebody say war for American souls? shouted a smug-looking Gorka bear. A large hurricane ripped through the forest, sending leaves and branches flying everywhere. As the funnel cloud zipped by, it deposited a man with incredibly white teeth, silver hair, and a crisp gray suit. I'm here to kick giant ass and snort cocaine, and I'm all out of giant ass, Bill Mitchell said as he blew a huge rail off of his index finger. They all had received a cryptic-looking text message. Keep fighting, patriots. Flynn is safe. Red Castle, Green Castle, Giants feel pain, too. Q. Flynn Sr. smiled. Well, it looks like everyone's here. Right then, Florida watched in horror as dozens of giants breached the entrance to the tunnel, bounding towards them, gnashing their teeth. Flynn Sr. dug his heels into the large eagle, ready to thrust them both into battle. In fact, everyone assumed the ready position. Weapons raised as the giants bounded towards them. They were severely outnumbered. Florida still looked worried, but Dad... What about the weapon? You said there was a weapon hidden in the mountains. A weapon so powerful it could even destroy an army of giants. Flynn Sr. tipped his bucket hat and grinned at his son. Don't worry, boy. I found it. And with that, he let out a piercing whistle. Down from the sky flew dozens of giant bald eagles, each more majestic looking than the one before it. Fire burned in their eyes. Their sharp golden beaks glistened in the sun. The birds broke out of formation, diving, talons out, straight towards the army of giants. James O'Keefe cocked his blaster. Gorka Bear let out a ferocious roar. Bill Mitchell was running away into the woods. <laughs> Florida unsheathed his long bullwhip, cracking it a few times in front of them. He glanced over at his father and smiled. His father smiled back. Come on, boy. We've got a war to win. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month. You'll get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. That's over 80 right now. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising-free and editorially independent. We usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash QAnon Anonymous, and for everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, a link to our Discord, access to the lost episodes, etc. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto-cue. An innocent young man answered the call to digital war as the course of his life was changed from before. The soldier was grateful that he was alive, unlike those family stores that didn't survive. But then the agony of war soon turned to disgrace, as Black Lives Matter was the mask they used to try to cover their face. We've seen them vandalize with hatred, no care, no care about what's fair, who, when or where, can't undo the damage for it's far beyond repair, believing this hoax and creating havoc beyond compare. Justice for Floyd they tried to claim, but here to divide us is really their aim. The great awakening is happening, can't slow or extinguish the flame. For those that caused harm, the storm is here to put to shame. Shame is then lifted from Flynn. 
but can't really restore his name. They all knew he was innocent, but someone must pay. It didn't matter, the wrong person would be locked away. But he was not even freed upon his release. The war was not over. He had not found peace. Trying his hardest to forget what he can. A prisoner of war, conscious of a man, unable to turn back the hands of injustice or time. As the country he loved had committed the crime, they'll never repay the price freedom cost or give this man back the life that he lost.